Hello, everyone. Welcome to uh, another podcast, um, the fifth down. With we finally picked a name. We did pick a name. It is the fifth down, and we'll shout out to uh, Steve Thomas, our our producer, for uh, helping us come up with that name. Um, but yeah, it's the fifth down. So with, why, why do we decide on the fifth down? Um, because what we're doing extends beyond the field. Extends beyond four downs. Oh wow. Right to the fifth down. To the fifth down, makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, right. so I'm just talking about stuff that's happening in football. But we're talking about stuff that transcends. Extends, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's perfect. Um, so yes, welcome to the uh, official fifth down with uh, Sean Thomas and Bajoy Samuel. Um, today we're actually going to talk uh, a little bit about things that are happening um, in Kerala. I know that it's been uh, probably about two months now. Uh, since the flooding um, and so I know that for us we haven't really had a chance to talk about it you know on this podcast as it's been relatively new mm-hmm. um, but we you know we thought we'd take a little bit of time to discuss it um, for those of you who you know if any of you have isolated yourself for the last couple of months or <laughs> been living in a hole or something like that and unaware um, you know there was a significant um, historical flooding that happened in Kerala. Um, so I think it rainfall started full force around August eighth, mm-hmm. and we were reading on something that um, about a hundred. It was a hundred sixty four percent more rain than normal, um, just within the first like twenty days of of August. So pretty substantial, um, and thirty five uh, dams of the thirty nine. That are uh, that are in that area were opened um, because they were concerned that the water levels were getting dangerously high. But it's funny because the controversy is that they should have been clearing those reservoirs early on and more frequently. Um, and because they had to open that, uh, these you know a lot of reports are saying that the floods had something to do with that as well. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit of controversy. Um, yeah, over like 231 people died. Flood costs were over 2.5 billion in losses and tens and tens of thousands of homes that were damaged. Uh, so it was pretty pretty significant, and I think for all of us who have a tie to Kerala, um, you know, probably have a lot of family and friends that are there, and, and we're hoping that you know everyone's doing okay, especially in the recovery standpoint of it. Um, and it's hard, you know, when we're here to be able to really know what's happening and, and what we're able to do. Um, you know, across the world and how we can help. But um, but there's a lot of great initiatives that are happening. Yeah. And um, you know, one of the big things is like, what do you do when something like, the, like, like this happens? Um, and I know that the chief minister was asking for a lot of um, help in terms of uh, being able to offer funds or if, if people who NRIs like, like ours can, can donate and contribute. Um, I know there is this policy that India in general has to not accept uh, foreign aid, which is another active uh, a bit of controversy because i think it was um uae and qatar would offer like 100 millions or about five million dollars to help with the effort but after the devastating uh, tsunamis in 2004 india enacted a policy where they refused to accept any international aid um, but they did allow people of indian descent or uh, organizations or um, people who were living abroad to contribute to the chief minister's fund. Why do you think they uh, 
why wouldn't they want international help? Like if there are countries that are willing to donate significant amount of money for the recovery and the rebuild of Kerala, like I don't know why India wouldn't want that or would accept that. Yeah, so apparently this was a, a bit of a controversy because India, uh, or Kerala especially, would ask for a certain number of funds from the government to come help you know, alleviate the devastation. And what they received from the government wasn't sufficient enough. And then India being like, we don't need foreign aid because we can kind of handle our own disasters and be self-sufficient um, on our own. But if Kerala is still asking for more funds, which the government can't deliver, then... Yeah, why why would they why would they be restricted to this rule of not not allowing governments to help them? Maybe they're afraid that they might be beholden to certain like if policies. something happened, you know, in another country that we'd be obligated to help that country. Something yeah, or like that. Uh, yeah, either that or like or if they had some sort of like policy dispute, you know, that oh, with UAE yeah, and point. with India, and, and you know, it's like, hey, we helped you and. In the Kerala relief effort, like how can you help us in this? That's um, interesting. I, I, yeah, I'm not sure what the internal politics of mm-hmm. that is, but something happened in 2004 where they said, or it could just be a pride issue where they're just like, hey, we're we're India, we're we're self sufficient, we could we could you know help our own, and we could be a global contributor and not someone who accepts aid and and you know. So I'm not sure exactly what those what those reasons are. Well, the good news is that, I mean, in spite of that, it sounds like they are accepting support from just like the, you know, the Indians that live, ab- in, people of Indian origin that live abroad are are able to donate money to the Prime Minister's fund. Is that correct? I think that's, that's what right. I read. Yeah. Right. And so that's why... So um, they're taking that, which is good. So one of our own, uh, Arun Nella from Chicago, was able to raise about $1.6 to donate to the Chief Minister's Fund because... Uh, of that allowance, you know, but uh, yeah, he, he did an incredible job. It's uh, I was we were watching that uh, video. I think he was doing interviews. By the way, we tried to get um, him to interview with us, um, but apparently our uh, little podcast isn't big enough. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but no, he's I mean, doing he's yeah. doing some incredible things and interviewing. Um, yeah, with with Asianet, with Asianet and stuff like yeah. that. So because we're not as big as Asianet yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, no hard feelings there. But um, no, but it's amazing what he has accomplished. Uh, at one point, he even closed the account down. I remember uh, hearing the interview that he closed the account down because they had so much money, and he got a letter from the prime minister's office asking him to personally come over there to deliver the money, but also to reopen. So that they could meet, you know, an even loftier goal, you know. So it's it's pretty it's amazing just just through social media. Like this is probably one of the more positive things about social media. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's great that you know he he found uh, you know, first he you know he heard about it and he he acted on something that he could do, which was kind of create just a, a Facebook donation page and then sharing it amongst his friends and then multiplying that across um, all their friends and friends and. I mean, it's just uh, incredible how much he was able to raise just through small donations alone among the community. And that's what's, I think, what's great about um, the Malayali community in a way is that, you know, we kind of come together in moments of crisis to help our own in whatever way possible. Yeah, I mean, what I also appreciate about him, and, you know, I always have this, like, maybe this is just the cynical side of me, but I think there's so many, like, GoFundMes and all these things that have started to, like, like, pop up. (laughs) 
for Kerala relief, right? Which I believe that, you know, a lot of them are legitimate. Mm -hmm. But I find it like, I don't know, the cynical part of me thinks that there's got to be people out there that are like taking advantage of this too, you know? Like just throwing up a GoFundMe, collecting money. There's no accountability. Like how much of it's going there? Like where's the money being, you know, like how's it being collected? It's just people are donating, assuming that it's going to go there. But with all that said, that's what I really liked about Arun is that even in his post, he's so transparent about exactly how he's handling the money and where it's going to go out. And I think that's why there's such a big draw to support his, you know, his, his nonprofit, apparently, right? Right, right. So he partnered with another organization, Karen Share, who's a nonprofit, to kind of uh, avoid some of the taxes, which would have taken away from uh, maximum contributing through this effort to the, to the relief campaign. Um, so I think he was able to contact Facebook and kind of waive those processing fees and get a credit for them. So before, I think Facebook had like a, a certain percentage that if you donate, they, they were able to take. And so he was able to negotiate um, to allow them to kind of waive that fee and give that full donation over to, uh, to the chief minister's fund. Yeah, I think the first payout was 1.4 million to the chief minister which is incredible and just to know that all of that went there everything that was collected went to exactly what it was supposed to go for you know yeah yeah the chief Uh, minister asked him to come over there personally to hand hand over the check so So, yeah it's it's incredible it's awesome how much money's raised and for everybody that was like supporting it and you know shout out to Arun just for his transparency in this whole process um especially when i feel like it's a time where people can easily take advantage of other people you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not just saying that because I get all these spam phone calls uh, from the IRS, you know, but <laughs> Nigerian princes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Nigerian princes. Um, but yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, and you know, the MFL, same thing. Like we, you know, we're very passionate about supporting causes and doing things that are beyond just football. That's kind of been our theme in all of this. Is that we want to do more than just have it be about playing football and winning competitions. You know, we have. A whole bunch of guys, able guys that are smart, that are um, strong, that are motivated, that are passionate, that are driven when it comes to the tournament time and, and, you know, training. But, like, how do we take that and move that into something off the field, too? You know, and I think things like this, like supporting causes and organizations is is such a great way to do that. Yeah, and and it's not over in terms of what the recovery needs in Kerala. I mean, one million people have been displaced from their homes, uh, you know, cattle. uh, A lot of their livelihood came from the cattle, which were drowned because of the floods. And so forget for people to come back from that and get back on their feet and start to, you know, build their livelihood again. It's going to cause a lot of effort and time and money uh, for that to happen. Um, And so one of the things that, you know, MFL was was trying to do now is raise money to kind of help um, long-term sustainability of families who have lost, whose lives have been devastated by the floods. And so we partnered with um, somebody who's also from Chicago, um, Asha Verghese, who's a director at GE Foundation, and she works a lot on crisis relief efforts around the world. Uh, And so she had um, a contact who worked at uh, Kempos, which is a microfinancing organization on the ground in Kerala. And they've been there for years um, helping. And for those who know microfinancing, it's, you know, you give some, a, a very small amount of loan to uh, people, mostly to, to women who need it. 
in order to build like a, like a, a stable livelihood that they can then, if they buy like a sewing machine from it, and they can kind of produce clothes and all of a sudden they're, they go from extreme poverty to a way where they can support themselves for the long term. So they, they're really focusing on like long-term solutions for families. And so when this flood happened, um, they had an initiative where they wanted to identify the people who were most impacted by it um, and then build kind of like a care package to get them back on their feet. So, um, so MFL is trying to raise funds for that effort so they can maximally help as many families as possible to, uh, to recover from losing you know, their entire livelihood. Yeah, and you guys will have seen um, uh, posts all over social. Uh, it's the Kerala Strong t-shirts, uh, which is very appropriate. Um, <laughs> but, you know, definitely in, in the final days of our, our fundraising here, um, get yourself a t-shirt, support a great cause, and, and in the words of, uh, in the mindset of transparency, you know, all of it is going to the support of it. None of it goes into uh, Sean's pockets. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, thanks, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean yeah, MFL is, has always been a charity organization where we raise funds and we, we deliver all the proceeds to uh, the nonprofit that we're that, of that year. Um, and so, yeah, any all the proceeds that we get from Teespring, and Teespring is an interesting organization to kind of do the shirts with because they allow you to kind of, uh, so they kind of produce the shirts and distribute it. So there's no effort on our part of handling any of the shirts. Um, so what we do is just kind of design the shirts and promote it, and then after I think each I think each sale gets ten dollars of donations toward this effort, and so they'll cut us a check at the end of the campaign, um, and then we'll send that over to to Kempos. Cool. You know, uh, when we're talking about like supporting uh, causes overseas, it you know financially, I mean that's probably sometimes the extent of what we're really able to do over here. You know, like I think there are definitely people. I mean, if you have the opportunity to to go and like actually be there and like to help um, in these different relief efforts that are happening across the world, um, you know, especially in India. But sometimes just giving financially or just donating is is really what we've been, what we're able to do, you know. Um, But it's cool because, uh, you know, Sean, you and I were talking about just like cool stories. I think someone sent you like a, like an email or something of like 17 like memorable moments or something like that of yeah. or like heartwarming tales of, of people coming together during this crisis like you know carolites coming together to help each other right because you have you don't have people that are um you know like people in india that don't have a lot of money to be able to donate so what are they able to do you know and they're just able to get in there and start helping and yeah. i think one of the stories um was that i read was one guy who's like the fisherman like that population has been incredible um, they're actually even acknowledged by the government for just the efforts and trying to like help people and, and, and the whole relief. But one guy, I think he rescued over like 200 people in like three days. Um, and then there was like a team of like six boats that rescued 800 people in the course of five days. So yeah. really just incredible stories. I mean, these are not guys who have a lot of money um, to be able to donate. Like we're, we're definitely blessed in that, but they're, they're there just yeah, on the grounds. And they could have, they could reach people faster than the government was able to reach them you know so i think one interesting thing about i think kerala is that you know when, when a crisis happens everyone pitches in to kind of help help out and that's the fishermen especially had the tools had the resources and had the drive to uh, to go out there and just just help people no matter what you know and i mean yeah those guys were, were true superheroes they didn't even have to get bitten by radioactive fish either to, to have their powers <laughs> they were just 
out there doing awesome things. Well, even the the, the Sunrise Hospital um, it opened. Uh, they're completing free treatments for flood relief patients, which is pretty cool, including surgeries. So that's awesome. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. One of the I think pride and joys I think of of Kerala is that we have amazing health and literacy rates. And one of the things is that we people, for the most part, are able to like access it and, and be able to participate. Um, one and then another awesome thing about Kerala is that you know it's a one place that for I know. I don't know how many hundreds and hundreds of years where all the ancient religions of uh, Christianity and Hinduism and, and Islam and, and even Jews would come together in Kerala and live peacefully and, and coexist with each other for uh, so many years. Um, so there's there was also a tale of, of when um, a temple in Tursur opened its doors to let Muslims be able to offer prayers during Eid, during the floods. You know when they couldn't get to uh, their own mosques. It's incredible stories of, of things that are going on over there. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. They didn't have to, I mean, there's such a feud at times, you know. So to see that is is great. Yeah, I was uh, thinking, you know, um, we talked about it a little bit before, but um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like, for me personally, is just like I get so caught up in my own life and the things that are happening in front of me right now. You know, while things that are happening in the world become just kind of a passing thought. You know, mm-hmm. like when I think about the devastation that's happened in Kerala and lives lost, like there's definitely an instant connection to it. And I felt like I was reading up on it and like watching the videos and donating and things like that. But, you know, then I would just continue on with my life. But the people over there in India, it's not just like these are family and friends and family of friends and, you know, whatever it is. But they, it's not like they can just move on with their lives. Like there's such a long uh, battle there to get back into recovery and I, I think mm-hmm. that we just we take that for granted so much like I know I have you know it's like well that's happening in India and you just kind of do your own thing and and you worry about your first world problems yeah you know and I don't know so I, I think it's just I don't know how do, how do we care more for the things that are going on outside of just you know our own like bubble and and right. comfortability yeah so that, that competition for t- of our time of like we have so many things going on, but then yeah, can we prioritize something that we can do for you know people who who are desperate or in need? Yeah. So yeah, for for all of you guys who've uh, been kind of keeping up to date on just the uh, floods that are happening there, you know, another great opportunity uh, to support the recovery that's happening there. So please uh, go in and, and get your Kerala uh, Strong T-shirts. And uh, let's let's support the recovery over there. And of course, above anything else, you know, stay uh, stay in the loop about what's happening in the world. It's so easy for us to just kind of, like I said, get caught up in our own life and our own bubble. But uh, there's definitely a world out there, and, and a lot of opportunities for us to be a part of something bigger and, and really just help. You know, let's let's be fishermen. It's a good way to end it. Yeah, yeah. Let's be fishermen. Just came up with that right now, actually. Yeah, that's great. Uh, thanks. It's not in the Bible or anything. I just, I just, I just coined that term right now. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll we'll see you guys soon.